And while this is not, you know, a death in the traditional sense, it very much has felt like one to me, partially because I also feel like the person that I knew and that I loved, um, you know, is no longer feels like he's on this planet. Um, felt like that person disappeared a couple of years ago and, and I, I really do feel like, um, I went through and have been going through the grief of a death. Um, and that stays with you. It sticks, it sticks in your bones really big time. And I didn't expect that. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your resident queerdo, nonconformist, and trauma-informed coach for folks who are tired of the fucking shoulds and are craving something more. Stick around for all things relationship anarchy, coming out later in life, moving through the mess, and beyond. You ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 160. And uh, today we are hanging out, just you and me. Um, And I will be sharing on the pod today how I'm really doing Um, in this whole divorce thing. (laughs) I, uh, I know that a lot of you have been asking for an update and it seems very fitting and, and slightly full circle that, um, I'm coming to you a, almost a year to the date that I publicly announced on the podcast and sort of ended last season a little early and abruptly, um, and shared with you guys for the first time that I was in fact getting a divorce. Um, and that I had left my 11 year old relationship. Um, you know, I haven't really talked about how I'm doing in a direct way, um, regarding this particular piece of my story and my own feelings around it um, very much since. I sort of here and there, it's obviously come up and it's been certainly a part of my day-to-day because, well, how could it not be? Um, But you all wanted to hear a podcast episode really dedicated to this, and honestly, I get it. Um, You know, I, I think we as a society have done ourselves a deep disservice because what we see depicted virtually in the media, but also in our loved ones' lives that we see play out and hear about the most, right, Um, is the beginnings of a relationship. And then once a relationship is established, I guess you could say, we see the highlight reels, right? We see the vacations. We see the momentous celebrations. Um, 
we see the hashtag couple goals photos all over social media. But what we so rarely see, unless the folks in our lives or online have the courage to talk about the messy middle and also the ends, um, we don't really see that. And we certainly don't have a blueprint for it. Um, and I, I realized that I, I, I don't, I didn't really have anyone in my life who had been through, um, a divorce like this other than a few family members. Um, and I certainly didn't have anybody in my peer life that had navigated something like this. Um, and, uh, the loneliness feeling of that was and and continues to be pretty um consuming and it's it's really fucking interesting because you know i thought i could have predicted what the last year and a half since me leaving would have looked like and in some ways it's definitely looked like that but Um, It has also completely taken me by surprise what this process has been. And um, I decided to come on and share, again, just my experience, my feelings, um, how I have navigated this time, things I didn't anticipate, etc., etc., from my lens um, in hopes that those of you who are going through a divorce or a de-escalation in a significant relationship of yours or know somebody who is going through something like this will be able to have more compassion for yourselves and for the people around you and uh, maybe a tiny bit of a fucking blueprint because while all of our experiences are uniquely different because my relationship didn't look like anyone else's um and I am different right um the reality is that um the more I have connected with people who have been through something similar to me the more that um the patterns feel very present and I just wish that someone would have fucking said yeah, like eh, expect this or this could come up and, and don't be surprised when it does. So here we fucking go. How am I doing really? Um, in a nutshell, um, I am mostly doing really well. Um, I am... <laughs> I feel more at peace than I I ever thought I could um, and am so freaking grateful for that. And I've also been through so many waves of grief and of rage and of um, confusion in the last year and a half that I I really never anticipated, you know, uh, I, I feel, mm. 
I did not anticipate to be still so deep in the healing process of this particular piece of my life because when I did leave, it was a very conscious, deeply rooted knowing. And I felt really sure when I left that I had done everything that I could to know that this was not, that staying was not the right path, that choosing to stay would be the thing that killed me. I knew that. I still know that. And so I didn't leave with any question marks. I didn't leave with any, how is, how did we get here? I know, knew and know, like everything was very clear. I spent a lot of time in therapy, in couples counseling, and with my own (laughs) um, thoughts and examination of patterns and uh, years of journals that I, I looked through and, you know, it's, I, I knew, I know, I understand. And yet what I did not understand was what leaving would do to me. Um, well, I, I knew that I had been living in survival mode for a while, that I had been, um, definitely in, deep waves of fight and flight and even freeze a few months before I actually left, which freaked me out because I had never had that particular response before. I knew that my nervous system was unwell. I knew that. Um, I also expected the uh, decision of leaving and actually no longer being in proximity to the person and relationship that was creating that need to respond in fight or flight. I really thought that that would just be the answer. But what I have learned both in my experience and in my uh, research and understanding and continued reading is that when you (laughs) exit a, um, a toxic environment, and one where you have been been operating at a particular pace of fight and flight, where your nervous system has been a wreck for a very long time, and you finally access safety for the first time in a long time. Um, it can look like, and did for me, um, a deep depressive episode. Um, you know, I... I was not able to function by myself for, I want to say, a six, a solid six months after I left. Um, I was sleeping 10 to 12 to 15 hours a night. Um, and I woke up and would still be very, very tired Um, I did not have very much, um, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 
motivation to do to do much of anything um my my body was screaming to rest and to recalibrate simple tasks that would have never been something I, I I would think twice about doing before um became very very challenging and I when I tell you like I could not do it alone like physically could not I was deeply forced to ask for help which is something that I know many many of you really struggle with and is certainly something that I also have struggled with in my own life is, is asking for help um I have had to ask for help in droves. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, that piece of the puzzle was something I was not expecting. And it made it impossible to work. Um, it made it really challenging to consciously take steps in the legal process, although I did, but thank God with the help of my family. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, it was just really hard. Um, and at the same time during that period, um, I was still in contact with, with my former husband and, um, while we were not actually sharing space during that time, we still had a home that we were both living in and we were just alternating who was staying there. So there was just a lot of upheaval, transition and hardship. And, um, I was not anticipating that piece. Um, the second thing I was not anticipating was how the people in my support system would or would not show up, um, during this time. You know, I I have been, as, as most of you know, deeply in the world of breast cancer for a long time. Um, I'm a previvor myself and have a, you know, the BRCA1 mutation and um, wrote a whole book about that experience um, of have, having my chips, my, my chips, my tits chopped off um, and, and having that be in my family. But I, I also, in the last year, um, watched my mom battle breast cancer and, and was her caretaker for a lot of that. And so I, you know, have always known, and because I'm so in that community, have many friends who have navigated breast cancer. I know that people don't know what to say or do when it comes to something like that. But I really, really did not expect that same lack of knowing when it comes to divorce, you know, because when someone you love, someone you're very close to is going through the death of a relationship, which is a death and is a deep grief, you know, you fucking do the thing you do, right? Like, at least that's how I thought. I was like, well, you just, you fucking show up. You go above and beyond. You have movie nights. You call them. You check in. You ask them how they're doing. And I am really grateful that I had and have some people in my world and my my inner circle who showed up with fucking bells on. Like, how can we be there um, and were, just were there for me over and over and fucking over again. Um, and some people really, I didn't expect um, to be some of those people. And then other people 
just didn't. Um, they didn't call. They maybe texted once or twice, but, you know, um, and, and in the process, you know, the continued process uh, of it, you know, stopped asking about it. Um, I've read a lot in this last year about grief and, and love and loss. Oh, knew I was going to get emotional during this one. But but something I think that, like, you know, people don't give enough credit for and weight towards is that grief stays with you. Um, and while this is not, you know, a death in the traditional sense, it very much has felt like one to me. Partially because I also feel like the person that I knew and that I loved... Um, you know, is no longer feels like he's on this planet. Um, felt like that person disappeared a couple of years ago, and and I I really do feel like um, I went through and have been going through the grief of a death. Um, and that stays with you. It sticks in your bones really big time and I didn't expect that (laughs) um and I I wish more people knew that because I wish more people who had close loved ones going through you know a devastating breakup or or a death would continue to check in on their people because honestly the worst thing you can do is just not say anything the worst thing you can do is just not show up right um (laughs) and um and and you don't really know what someone is going through or has been through unless you ask and um you know that's something I know all too well because in my own experience you know 90% of the people in my life did not know what had been happening behind closed doors in my relationship until after I left. Um, And I would even say that I didn't fully admit the scope of what was happening or had taken place um, throughout my relationship. Um some of some of it and until even a few months ago um which is really fucking common really really common depending on how your relationship is um and how you're being treated in your relationship so i just want to say just like fucking be there for your people (laughs) um and also that if you are navigating or have navigated something like this and you are still grieving that there is no end to that process and to be gentle with yourself and if you have days where you are just like crashed into by a wave of grief that you just were not expecting to feel um and you've been having weeks and weeks and weeks without feeling that grief right um or you know deeply that this relationship is not good for you, but you still yearn for that person. 
um, and miss aspects of them or think of memories and, and, and wish you could go back in time. Like, that's normal. It's so fucking normal. Um, and it's normal to feel that in conjunction with being in another relationship or dating or having casual sex or being in love, um, or what the fuck ever. Um, so yeah, um, that was, that was a big one for me, um, for fucking sure. Um, and and the third one, third thing that I was really not expecting, um, and really honestly never thought I would, the path, I would choose to take this path was that going no contact has been the best decision I've ever made. Um, You've probably heard me say before that I'm not someone that really knows how to let go of the people in my life once I love them. And I I will never be the person to make the decision to sever a relationship to no longer be in relationship with someone I will honor someone else's boundary in that but I will never be the one to do that it's just for my entire life not in been in my constitution um and I I really for a long time (laughs) even after I left had been like yeah like we're gonna be we're, we're gonna get out through this and like I'm still, we're still gonna be best friends. Like we're still gonna, and the more that I healed my nervous system and got to a place where I was like a functioning person again, um, in that way. And also the more that having broken the trauma bond of being in relationship and really, allowing myself to look at the relationship as it fully was and acknowledging what I was, uh, had been a part of and chose for so long. Um, the more I knew that choosing to be in contact in any way would be the debilitating choice for me, that it would not be the liberating compassionate choice um and about mm, gosh I want to say a little over six months ago it's been longer than that seven or eight months um I went no contact and I cannot tell you how important that decision has been for me um we are still in contact in certain ways um because of legal stuff unfortunately I am still very very legally married um it's been a frustratingly long and unnecessarily tumultuous process um really painful process um and um one that I'm very much looking forward to being over um and the, but the, the rest of it, um, has been, has been gone, right? Um, 
And there are some days where it really sucks. Um, still. Because the reality is, no matter how much I know how hard it would be to still be in contact. And no matter how much I know that this is absolutely the right thing for me. It is devastating to have a relationship that you poured your whole heart and soul into and did everything you could um, and that a person you cared so much for and tried to help so, so, so much um, and that you believed in and a love that you believed in, you know, it's really, really hard to have that just like completely disappear overnight um and do so because you've chosen it like it's that it's a really complicated one to sift through um and it's also complicated because even as I'm like sitting here very emotional about this I'm also getting angry at myself for being emotional because the fact that I still care and that I still hold love for, you know, this person and this relationship, knowing what I know, and um, it, it, it can be really complicated. Um, and on the flip side, because not everything is black and white and everything I believe and live in a nuanced world, um, there was so much good and so much love and that person was my best friend for a really long time and was the person that I centered so much of my life around for a really long time and um yeah and and so having to separate from that choosing to separate and detach from that is a really complicated choice um and one that comes with who like grief yes but also like recalibration of attachment um so yeah those are things that really took me by surprise what I will say though regarding the no contact and regarding following your knowing for me I had before I left an idea of what I thought love was, what it looked like, what it felt like. And I had experienced love before. I was in love with my um, my ex-boyfriend from high school, who has been on the podcast and is still a very close friend of mine. Um, but, you know, you kind of discount those, like, early relationships um, because you're a kid. And I was still a kid um, when I met my former husband. I mean, I was 19, but what I thought love looked like because of our relationship um, is so interesting now because as I sit here a year and a half later, um, <laughs> post-leaving, and when I think of what love 
is and what feels like and what I know love to be, it is nothing like the love I knew. And ironically, I just mean the love I knew in that relationship. When I think about the love that I have and had in my platonic relationships for the last decade, it looked very easeful. It looked very fun and playful and emotionally deep and one filled with accountability and respect and integrity and yeah. Um, But I thought and had really convinced myself that the love that was worth fighting for that the romantics, you know, sexual love that was worth fighting for was one that was riddled with hardship, was one that was centered in like ro- a roller coaster of highs, really fucking high highs, and then really fucking low lows, and not much middle ground. Um, and and was one where you you were kind of always. Um, waiting, right? You're it's like this on edge feeling, which is intoxicating in many ways and definitely uh kept me feeling like I was high a lot of the time, which is interesting because in many ways I have felt sort of like I've been in withdrawal um during this process, which has been very complicated and confusing to experience. Um but yeah, it it um you know, people always said like love should be easy and and but then also in the same vein we heard like marriage is hard, right? And um yes, any relationship that is one of length, you're gonna navigate some stuff, right? But I think what I believed hard was, um, and what I had sort of convinced myself of or been convinced of, I don't know was that the tug of war and push-pull and the deep, deep, deep hard shit that just kept getting harder and harder and harder um, and more plentiful as the years went on. Um, like, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that is not the kind of heart <laughs> that, that, um, that I think is being meant in that space. Um, and it's interesting because yes, like, you know, for four years of that relationship, um, I was dating other people, polyamorous and stuff. And while those relationships were obviously very different, I still didn't really have the ability, even though there was potential in some of them, to fully feel into the ease that is love when you just connect and really (laughs) can just be all of you and are accepted and there's ease of communication and the sex is amazing and the emotional depth is present and the radical ability to take accountability and apologize and just be a fucking human, right? Um, but that's filled with integrity. Like, uh, it was it was tough to fully experience those in my other relationships because I still was 
sudden, you know, so present in another one that was very much bringing and placing shockwaves in my, in my own life. So of course it was impacting everything else. Um, and I am just really grateful to be on the other side and to sit here with all of you listening and say that like, I feel like I know what love is now. Um, and, and in what feels like for the first time in my life, I've had people come into my life this year that have shown me that I am not hard to love. (laughs) That was something I thought for a very long time and that it is so easy to say you're sorry and to, um, be able to talk things out, um, like so easy (laughs) and that love does feel like an exhale and not like you're holding your breath all the time. Um, I want that knowing and that feeling for every single fucking person on this planet because being in love in other ways where you are not at peace, where you do not feel that safety, where you are constantly holding your breath is unbearably hard. And I would never wish it on anybody, any, anybody. Um, And so for that knowing, I feel deep, immense gratitude. (laughs) And yeah, (laughs) the siren is partying with me on that. I really appreciate it. Um, I just, I feel, yeah. That that's really it. I just feel so sure and so good um, and so alive again. Um, I feel me, like me. All of my people have been like, wow, you were just like, you were offline. You really were. Like you were, you just, and I had to, I had to be in order to survive. And I, I don't have any regrets I wouldn't change a thing, but I am so grateful to be here now. And while this process is not over and it is still one that I will continue to face and ride all the waves of grief attached to it, I feel more than anything really proud of myself, still so goddamn relieved to be here. And I know that making this choice has allowed me to live a life where I'm in my own integrity instead of one where I'm constantly questioning what the fuck I'm doing. Um, And there is no greater gift than that. So if you are struggling in your own relationship, um... Just know that you're not alone and also trust the timing of your own path. Like, nobody other than you and potentially, you know, a a qualified clinician, your therapist, 
um, if someone like that is telling you to get the fuck out, then, like, listen. Um, but relationships are tricky and challenging, and I could have left sooner than I did. I contemplated it, but I'm really glad I didn't. Um, I needed to do it on my timeline, and I think that the reason that I am where I am now in my healing which believe it or not, based, <laughs> despite the tears, is like I'm in such a good place, guys. Um, you know, is it, I wouldn't be here if I hadn't given myself the full opportunity to do what I needed to do um, in order to make my decisions and move. Um, and I just encourage you to give yourself the space to do that. And if you have people in your life that are going through this, ask them how you can support them. And if they don't know, fucking just show up. And um, yeah, I hope that listening to this helps, that it helps you feel less alone in this particular piece. Um, And if you know anyone going through this, pass along this episode to them, share it, Um, send it to them right now. because fuck, we we need more more awareness around this stuff, more representation and more care when it comes to how we hold ourselves and how we hold our loved ones through this really complicated process of divorce or de-escalation and grief. So uh, that's it. That's all. Thank you for listening and uh, for everything we talked about in today's episode you can always check out the show notes or go to amandacatherineloy.com slash podcast slash one six zero um i appreciate you all so much i'm sending you truly some some big 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 love your way um and i hope that you're able to take advantage of the sunshine and um yeah the wet the weather as it's getting warmer um i'm gonna be um, in one of my very happiest places on earth very soon. And I cannot wait for all the lake content. (laughs) So keeping an eye on my Instagram stories, but thank you for being here as always shoot me a DM. If any of this resonated, um, I love, love hearing from you. I know you always say, I know, uh, at the beginning of your messages, like I, I know you probably get a million of these and the, the, the reality is I actually don't. Um, and they mean so much to me. I, I take little screenshots of them and I I have a folder in my my phone on my photos um, that's just like a reminder um, where I take little screenshots and I put them all there as a, as a reminder on the days where I wonder why the fuck I do what I do or I feel like I'm yelling into a void or whatever, um, that they all go there. So just know that, yeah, it means the world and... Um, and it also means the world um, if you have time and you and you resonated with this episode, it meant something to you, or if this podcast means something to you, um, go ahead and leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It really does help with the pod so much. And um, yeah, until next time, I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.